by a guy called Malcolm Gladwell. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. In that book he talks about people who achieved excellence in different fields. I remember in uh, 1999, the turn of the century, I was living here in the US at that time, and there were a lot of surveys. Many people were doing all kinds of surveys. And one survey that IBM did was, they did a survey of the number of people who reach a level of excellence in any field. And to define level of excellence, they said Olympic gold medal. Right? Olympic gold medal is a level of excellence. So. They applied that standard in uh, academics, in uh, medicine, in all kinds of things, in sports. Somebody who is at the Olympic gold medal level. So guess what the survey said at the end of the day, how many people reach, what percentage reaches a level of excellence across the board in any field? How many, how many, what percent? Anyone? One percent? No, it's not, no, it's not that. It's not that bad, but it's also not that good. 2%, right? 2%. So my submission to you is that you have a choice. You can choose to be that 2% or you can choose to be the 98%. You will have plenty of companies, no doubt about that, if you are in the 98%. But if you want to be in the 2%, there are two truths, two realities. One reality is that you can be in that 2%. Because somebody is there, right? I mean, it's that 2% comprises of people. Those people are like you and me. The second reality is that it is not easy to get there. Right? You can be in the 2%, but it's not easy. So, we need to be extremely serious about what we want to do. Identify the goal early and then go behind it and put everything you have into it. I, re I recommended the book Outliers because Malcolm Gladwell is a statistician and statistically he has proven that for somebody to reach a level of expertise or a level of excellence in any field, he or she must have done 10,000 hours of thoughtful practice doing that thing. 10,000 hours of thoughtful practice doing that thing. Right. Now, he shows, statistically he proves, the difference between 6,000 hours, 8,000 hours, and 10,000 hours. And the difference between 8,000 hours and 10,000 hours is literally astronomical. It's a huge maximum, huge jump between 8,000 hours. I mean, 8,000 hours is a lot of hours. Still, between 8,000 and 10,000, there's a huge difference, major difference. Now, to give you an idea, Andrea Agassi in tennis is supposed to be probably the America's greatest tennis player of all time. 
and he was known for his serve of, uh, of, of returning serves, right? Now, how did it happen? It happened because his father identified his interest in tennis at a very early age, when he was maybe about eight, nine years old. And as soon as he, he could hold a regular tennis racket, his father built a ball-throwing machine. In, they used to live in, uh, in San Francisco. So he built a ball-throwing machine which threw a tennis ball at a speed of 110 miles an hour. Right? Because they, those, those machines, in those days, there was no such thing. So his father built the machine. He built a full-size tennis court in his house and he built a ball-throwing machine. And Andre Agassi, from the, from the time he was about maybe seven or eight years old, used to hit 2,500 balls across the net every single day of his life. Now do the math. So when he got into, he got into professional tennis at the age of 16, which itself is absolutely remarkable. But at that age, that's the reason why he had such a strong serve and that's why he could also return serves so tremendously strongly because he's, he, he, that was all, that is all he was doing. 2,500 balls a day, every single day of his life. Similarly, another one from this part of the world, Kobe Bryant, who died two years ago. They say about him, his, his uh, basketball players, his teammates, they say about him, that they said, we used to come back after winning a match. So wherever they had gone to play, he said, we would come back after winning the match. And everybody is very happy and so on and so on. We would go home and Kobe Bryant would go to the gym. And in the gym, he would practice the two shots that he missed in that match. Now they won the match. That you might, you might say, well, he won the match. What does it matter? You, you missed a basket. It's a big deal. I mean, at the end of the day, you won the match. He said, no. How did I miss that basket? What is it that I should have done differently? And he said that half the night he would be shooting hoops while all of us were fast asleep. He said one time the coach called a, a breakfast meeting at 8.30. He said we were all cursing because you know early morning we have to get up and go to the meeting and so on. But anyway the coach calls you go. So he said we all went to the in the restaurant cafeteria. We were all sitting there and on the road at 8.30, Kobe comes in. He said he is drenched in sweat from head to toe because he has been practicing basketball for three hours from 5.30 a.m. Now, my submission to you, my brothers and sisters, is success is inevitable. You will succeed. There is no two ways about that. But it comes only with effort. It comes only with effort. If success came easily without effort, the people that Allah would have given success to would have been the Amiya alayhi wasalam. And you would have seen the Amiya alayhi wasalam just walking from place to place, highly, highly successful, no effort, no problem, no opposition, no nothing. We don't have that, right? We do not have that. We have the people who were the best of humanity of their time who literally shed tears of blood who struggled like nobody else because of that dedication that they had. And that is to show us that success will come but success doesn't come. Success comes, there's a price. 
Unfortunately, today, especially in this country, we grow up and we bring up children wrong. Because we bring up children with the idea that somehow they are the best. You look at, oh man, you're awesome. The child does a project in school and brings the project. Wow, fantastic. All right, sounds nice. My point is, what is beyond awesome? What is beyond fantastic? So when I'm six years old, I'm already awesome. I'm already fantastic. Now what happens to me when I'm eight years old? What happens to me when I'm, when I'm 15 years old? Right? I got nowhere to go. I got nowhere to go. Now that is a... I'm not saying brutalize your kids or beat them up or, or curse them. No. But keep your feet on the ground. It's reality. Yes, you have a nice child. Mashallah, good boy. Good girl. Not awesome. You can become awesome one day, inshallah. No problem with that. But for that, you have to work very, very hard. Right? This project of yours, nice, good project. It's not fantastic. What is fantastic? Going to the moon is fantastic. Right? The telescope that is right, right now up in the air, I'm, I don't know how many of you are following that. Right? That is fantastic. Sitting here and controlling something which is literally thousands of miles away. That is fantastic. Apollo 11, the, the rocket that landed on the moon with, with the Neil Armstrong on it. Using computers which had less computing power than this phone. That is fantastic. Not your school project. We have to bring up children who are real. Then they have a sense of achievement in getting something and doing something out of making hard effort. There's a lot of joy when you struggle hard and then you achieve something. That is something which is you really feel nice. Alhamdulillah, I did this. But if it comes too easily, that joy is gone. So you're really stealing it from your children. And the joy that they would have got, they don't get because it's just easy. Everyone around them is telling them fantastic, awesome, blah, blah, blah. But what happens when they hit reality? What happens when they, when, when they hit life? Because the world is not like that. The world is a tough place and all of you know this. Yes? The world is a very tough place. Then what happens? And that is why I always tell people, when you praise children, praise effort, praise achievement. Don't praise beauty. Don't say, MashaAllah, what a beautiful girl. Oh, you grow so tall. He grew so tall, so what, what did he do to grow tall? That is genes. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala programmed him with. So somebody is six feet tall, somebody is four feet tall, somebody is five feet tall. So what? What's the, what is their achievement in that? Nothing. But this is what we praise. No? I mean, if you see how children, oh, okay. So praise achievement, praise effort, praise akhlaq, praise good manners, praise something where they work to achieve something. Don't praise something which came because of genetics or which came because of inheritance 
or, or which came because of, of you know, uh, race or nationality or whatever. No. Don't praise those things. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave you khalas. No problem. But something which comes out of effort. So this is very, very important to, to, for us to think about, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to raise good children who will be a, uh, who will be a credit for us, inshallah. This is our Sadhkatul Jariya. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to raise good children who will be a Sadhkatul Jariya for us and a means of khair and baraka for us and for all of society, inshallah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.